0: What's up, people on YouTube? I'm Chris Manning. He's Evan Dammer. This is the Locked on Cavs podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you're not watching on YouTube and you feel left out, please go subscribe. I know enough of you every single day listen to bump us over to 1,000. It would take you five minutes to just go subscribe. Go do us a solid. Maybe Evan will text while we're recording, and, and then we can go. That's right. I'm calling you out. I'm calling out JB. I'm like JB Bickerstaff throwing down the gauntlet in the huddle.
1: Uh, so there we are today's show i just found out i got tickets for sunday's browns game and i was asking a friend if we could reschedule like sorry <laughs> i just didn't want them to go and buy something hey, tonight because they're running hey, errands look. i'm
0: just out here throwing gauntlets we're, we're here working we're on a clock we're productional. we had a real energy shift i'm like cool calm and collected and you're like confrontation Had a mode. nice nice dinner the wife is away i'm throwing a kegger it's a good time Alright, by the way, thanks for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. We are free caters, and available mid-tea. on all platforms. Yeah, it's just actually iced coffee from Starbucks. Look, we're also or McDonald's, excuse me, and we're also brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving community since nineteen sixty-five. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. And Evan, you know what? You know
1: what? Let's start the I'm show.
0: I'm
1: loving it. Ba buh ba we are loving it. Start the show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Evan. We're going to talk today about the Cavs schedule so
1: far. It's been a while,
0: man. Yeah, we definitely didn't just change we're shirts. Not, we didn't change yeah, shirts. Yeah, five hours ago. It's definitely not what we did. Uh, but we're going to talk today about the Cavs schedule so far, how it has changed, uh, or I guess been different than we expected, and we're going to preview Friday's Lakers game and then Saturday's Suns game a little back-to-back uh, towards the end of the West Coast portion of this road trip before they fly across country for their second oh, matchup God. of the season against the Charlotte Hornets, which sneakily may matter ultimately in terms of playoff seating if the Cavs are going to get there. Didn't think I'd say those words, but here we are. If, if you want to have a chance at playing tournament, then you probably got to survive those games. But Evan, this season so far, they've beat Atlanta, they've beat the, they've beat the Clippers, They've beat the Nuggets, lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, and they've lost to the Charlotte Hornets so far. 3 and 2 record. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll look at mm-hmm. the standings here, but and kind of give you that context as well so, as well as the numbers about where the numbers kind of say the Cavs are right now even though it's still very early. But for you, how has this played out versus how you expected or or how you how you didn't expect?
1: Well, I think it's wild to think that the Cavs could very well have more wins than the Cleveland Browns heading into Cleveland's Sunday afternoon matchup against the Steelers, so that's where I I'm mean, at. I a different um, number of games. Like, it's very different. Doesn't matter. Record-wise, the Cavs have the same amount of... They actually would have a better record record-wise if the Cavs okay, beat the Lakers just, and the Suns, so... Move on. Let's go. Stirring the pot a little bit, and you know me. But... Overall, yeah, I'm a little surprised. I think I was a very big cynic in this camp We're thinking, I look at the how they pulled a schedule. I thought, okay, maybe the Memphis game is winnable because I don't know what the Grizzlies exactly are doing. And that's where you and I disagree on their team-building process. Um, but I'm like, Charlotte, that's a tough pull because Gordon Hayward and the Mellow Ball are incredible. But then the Larry Markman trade did happen soon after that, and I'm thinking, okay, then you kind of convinced me to say, like, okay, they have the size to bang with Charlotte a little bit. And then is when it got really dicey because they played Denver, both the Los Angeles teams, Phoenix, and then Charlotte again, which, again, still a tough pull with LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward on that team. And Miles um,
0: Bridges had one of the better games that anyone has had against the Mobley
1: this year, frankly. Well, that game Miles Bridges had against the Cavs is probably the reason why he won Eastern Conference Player of the Week, let's be honest here. So just saying, but um, I'm pleasantly surprised. I think I said this on Thursday's episode. I'm just going to enjoy it while I can because I think eventually either the rest of the league is going to catch up to the Cavs with them kind of being cute playing this three big lineup or the rest of the league, like the better teams, at least are going to play themselves into shape. And then they're going to start playing like when December hits, it's really going to when it hits the fan, like late November, early December is when it really starts to hit the fan and i need to see what the, how this Cavs team responds and i lumped kevin love into this group but this is where ricky rubio kevin love and ed davis are key because if the Cavs go on a bit of a losing kids skid let's say they lose two three four even five games in a row how does this young team respond to adversity and bounce back because yeah JB's pressing all the right buttons right now he's saying all the right things these young players that are viewed as key leaders whether it's jared allen or darius garland are saying and doing all the right things on the floor but it's, you can keep saying things. It matters how you execute on a night-to-night basis. And this is an organization where losing has kind of become the norm, even though they don't want it to be. And my fear is, how do they respond the first time they hit adversity? Because so far, I mean, they had a really ugly game against the Clippers, but it's a game they won nonetheless. This cast team hasn't faced any real adversity yet. And I want to keep harping on the fact that they are literally other than the thunder one of the youngest teams in the league this year and that's gonna lose lead to some growing pains and some losing sooner or later i'm just i'm cautiously optimistic right now i wouldn't say because when you said playoff team i raised an eyebrow i'm just like wow we really have reverse roles a little bit because i still don't see a playoff team i think the rest of the eastern conference will shake out comfortably that way it will like i think indiana is going to be so good especially with chris duarte playing so well for them but I don't know. I feel like a couple of these other teams in the East and in the in the West as well, like the Cavs are beating up on some Western Conference teams. They're a move or so away from becoming a little bit more legitimate. And I think once Kyrie gets his vaccine and gets everything taken care of there, I think the Nets, once they start to gel and click, are going to boat race the Eastern Conference. And like, did you see what Anthony Edwards said about Giannis? Anthony
0: Edwards is, is precious, and yes.
1: Is a, is a king, is a king. But, like, the Bucks are so, so good. Um, shouts to Ty Windish for having Bucks Twitter believe that Miles Turner is the equivalent or worse than Brooke Lopez right now. So <laughs> really made me laugh there. But, um, yeah, I just think the rest of the Eastern Conference is still better. Like, yeah, I think they'll be in the play-in conversation for sure. I always thought that. But I think maybe once the distance becomes a little bit more clear towards the end of the season, maybe we see a little more shameless losing again to maybe – Look at Palo Banchero and the Cavs just go five bigs next year, and Chris Manning. Palo is a wing, bro. Palo pa- is a wing,
0: and they won't play five bigs because Darius Garland exists. But um, here's here's where they're at in terms of st- standings and and sort of the numbers. So standings wise, they're th- three and two, same record as of this is as of mm-hmm. Thursday evening around seven thirty p.m. Same as the. Same as the 76ers and the Bucks. Hawks are 3-1, Wizards 3-1, Heat 3-1, Knicks 3-1. A couple teams of 2-3 include Brooklyn, Toronto, and Boston. Uh, Indiana is 1-4. As of right now, the Pistons are, are the only winless team in the East. The Bulls obviously running things at 4-0. Oh. In terms of net rating, according to Cleaning the Glass, the Cavs are 14th in net rating, plus 1.2 per runner possessions. 14th um, in, in expected win difference, uh, which is just their little winning, like, a little more than you would expect according to the model. Uh, 18th in defense, ninth. Or excuse me, 18th in offense, ninth in defense. They're second right now against the spread, so they're outperforming their their uh, against the spread by point eight, point point eight, point nine points per hundred possessions, which is just like mm-hmm. they're really crushing what Vegas is thinking of them right now. The teams that they are currently better at in terms of the Eastern Conference in terms of their net rating: Milwaukee who's got a negative net rating right now. Boston, negative net rating. Uh, then you get to Indiana, who's negative three point nine per under possessions. Brooklyn, who has a negative net rating right now. And then you get to Orlando and Detroit, who are uh, two of who who along with Oklahoma City are in the bottom little corner tier of, of suck in the in the NBA right now with
1: New Orleans. Are they are they better than Philly and Toronto in terms of no, that rating? No, so f- cuz you more or less listed all so the teams that are here, ahead of right now. Yes, here's the
0: teams uh besides Milwaukee. Milwaukee. so here are the teams ahead of them in these in terms of that rating. Miami second, Atlanta is third, Chicago is fourth, the Knicks are fifth, Charlotte is eighth, Philly is ninth, and Toronto is 12th and the Wizards are 13th, one by ahead of the Cavs point. 7 per 100 possessions is better than the Cavs in terms of their, okay. their point differential. So, basically, I think what we're seeing here is that it's very early. I, I look at them outperforming their spread, and that is, like, I want to see how that looks in, like, two weeks because that is, like, an astronomical number to be outperforming your spread. Um, That is, like, way outperforming probably what you really are. And I, and I think the Cavs are probably playing a little bit above their head right now. I, I tend to wonder if, like you subbed out one of their pieces for like uh, a average to above average wing. If they had like KCP instead of uh, jetty or like KCP instead of Lowry. And like you had one of those kind of pieces and the roster made a little more sense. I wonder what they would look like. Like there there's little things where I'm just wondering. And again, we've, we've gone over our skepticism of some of the stuff they've done so far, I think in detail, but I just think about yeah. what they are. And I think it is interesting. It is certainly better than we expected. I think, we and then you talk to people around the team, talk to them around the league. They, I mean, I remember reading the Zach Lowe um com about his tears and he was like, There's people in the league that think the Cavs might be the worst team in the NBA again this year. And like that obviously hasn't happened. I didn't think that was gonna be the case. You didn't either. And I don't it's not bearing out that way. And I it would be a pretty crazy fall for them to be as bad as Orlando, as bad as Oklahoma City, as bad as the Pistons, um, even when Cade, you know, ultimately plays for them, which seems like it'll be soon. Maybe the Cavs will see him soon, but it's very early. But three wins to start for them with Evan Mobley making the difference to me is, I think, I I think that is like the thing. It's like they've had Evan Mobley play really good basketball. They've won three games in a way we wouldn't have expected. Um, And I want to shout out one other point as well. Um, Astacio Riley, EVR1022 on Twitter, a very good uh, basketball follow if you want that. He, this is, I think he summed it up better. Than either of us did, and talked about this for ten minutes. He said, "It's not just that the Cavs were three and two; it's that these wins are, were not luck-based whatsoever, and they competed well in both losses." If that is the state of the Cavs, and that is the truth for most of the season, and they probably have a couple stinkers in there, maybe they have some injuries that hasn't happened yet. We got to, injury luck will obviously play a big factor in this. Aside from Darius missing two games, um, you got to hope you get through the season, you know, unscathed as much as you can. This is kind of if this is the reality of the Cavs team, this is already a much better season than last year, and we'll kind of see where this goes. But Evan, uh, after the break, we're going to talk about the Lakers game, to preview uh, the Cavs' second night in LA. But you got to tell everyone about our friends at McDonald's first.
1: We sure do. This episode of Locked On Cavs is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of french fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I love McDonald's personally, as you guys know. I'm actually in the process of buying some McDonald's swag to wear exclusively during these ad reads, how committed I am to them. Um, I love you, McDonald's. Please bring back the 24-hour breakfast. I'm begging you. But if you want to refuel and recharge and possibly reconnect, do it at your local McDonald's. Did somebody say a locked-on Cavs watch party? Because I just did, and I think it's a wonderful idea. i am loving it.
0: That's right. Uh... Evan, looking at the injury report for Friday night's game. we Cavs have still not Which isn't uncommon, uh, just if people are like going to raise their eyebrows today.
1: 8.30 is probably p.m. We're recording this at 7.40 right now to kind of ruin the immersion, your illusion of this podcast. But um, we can talk about who's unavailable for the Lakers. The Suns don't play till Saturday, I believe, so we're not going to hear anything until tomorrow night about their injuries and availability.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they they just came off Harry Barnes uh, hitting a game winner against them, so we'll see what kind of they look like in in their
1: Harry favorite. Barnes. That's such a funny just twist on his name. Just calling like, him, yeah, like, just calling I him I Harry instead
0: of Harrison. It is. I didn't even mean to do it. it just it, it just kind of came out. Well,
1: I mean, let's just put it this way: campaign was out last night with a right hamstring strain, and Dario Saric is out with a right tor- a torn right ACL. So I, I I'm willing to assume for the last segment, those are the two injuries for the Suns on Saturday. Yes. So.
0: The Lakers game is interesting because it will. There's obviously like every. Just I know people get annoyed by this sometimes because like they just like don't like. There's people in Cleveland that don't like LeBron, but like anytime they play LeBron James, it just it yes. has a it has a it has a spectacle to it. It just has like something. There's oh, an does. energy
1: to it. Um, there's obviously the like. Much like LeBron, I am at a loss for words whenever they play the LeBron James red led Lakers. Um.
0: I am fascinated to just see how things look. I mean, I I don't we don't know as of now what a core situation looks like. I think the vibe is that he might not play, but we'll kind of see, um, you know, what what he says in injury report, see what JBS to say come come Friday. But it's it's another game where it's like you would think on paper there are some stylistic challenges. That said, I think the headliner is just like, uh, based on the, at least when the Lakers are playing their starting lineup. Uh, I wonder if Evan Mobley is going to guard Anthony Davis. And that's really freaking fun if that's true.
1: I would assume he does. And maybe they try a similar approach to what they did against the Clippers. I think stylistically, the Lakers are so much different than the Clippers. Oh, the yeah. Lakers play big. They are JB Biggerstaff's favorite example of like a championship team winning. Yeah, but, again, but again, um,
0: again, it's not even, it drives me nuts when we define it, just defining big that way is funny, but.
1: I know. I know. And there's a lot of caveats to even the Bucks. And it's
0: not even like it's not and it's just like very it's center. like the Lakers playing big from a couple years ago is very different than how they're playing big this year just because of the
1: personnel and But they also had Anthony Davis play the 5. Yeah. Well, and, and it's LC like they have they have, the have five Russell, five Russell Westbrook and
0: soon. less shooting.
1: Oh, the Lakers had like zero shooting. Let's just break down their injury report. Trevor Ariza who more likely wouldn't play to begin with but has shooting potential is out with an ankle injury recovery uh, Anthony Davis is probable with right knee soreness. Sekou Domboya is on a two-way and also Jay Huff is on out with a two-way as well um, Wayne Ellington is questionable with a left hamstring strain that is one of their biggest free agency signings in terms Kev's of shooting legend. so if he's out Cavs legend Wayne Ellington Taylor Horton Tucker not a shooter but an Interesting piece as well he's a key depth piece for him He's out with a right thumb surgery recovery LeBron is questionable Kendrick Nunn is out With a right knee bone bruise like He's a bit of a shooter too he's A polarizing player but he can provide shooting For a while for the Lakers and then like Rajon Rondo Is questionable does not shoot but Irregardless The Cavs and the Lakers Have a lot of similarities and to go back to Your original point yeah, I think I'm Ivan we will start the night on Anthony Davis, if Anthony Davis does indeed play. Because I can also see Frank Vogel saying "For Frank Vogel saying, you know what? Maybe we'll play LeBron in this one, but we'll rest A D because the Lakers are looking at this more as a marathon than they are a track meet. They aren't really too concerned about the regular season. They're worried about the postseason and winning a championship. Um I think Isaac Okoro is an interesting factor here. Like if if he's unavailable and you and I are, it's safe to assume with the hamstring injury, he probably won't play until the Cavs are back home against Portland next week. Um, or at the
0: earliest, perhaps Monday. Because it it it'd yeah, be a, yeah, yeah, it'd be hard so, for him to get like in a workout that you think you might want to like, the team might want to have him get in if they're playing a back to back and like travel. Like the travel schedule kind of makes it hard sometimes yep. to come back on a back to back.
1: Yep, yep. And so I think Mobley will start the night on Anthony Davis. and so Let's say that him and LeBron both play. Like I said, stylistically, the Clippers and the Lakers could not be any more different. But I think the Cavs could employ a similar approach, especially if LeBron does play. Where I think the Lakers and LeBron especially is intelligent enough to force Lowry Marketing onto him in pick and pick-and-roll scenarios and just force him and kind of just abuse him a little bit in scenarios just to get, like, you know... Easy buckets. Um, I think the Cavs will be smart enough if it's Jared Allen or if it is even Evan Mobley to switch on LeBron. Like, that's a tough ask for sure. But I think. And I wonder maybe if Lamar Stevens has enough of that energy and enough of that dog in him to grind with LeBron for however many minutes the Lakers play him tomorrow night. I mean, granted, LeBron's not going to match him minute for minute, but he's going to play a lot, I think, especially if Isaac's out. I think this is a game you don't see a lot of Jetty Osmond again. I think this is a game where the Cavs might have to play ugly again like they did against the Clippers and kind of grind this one out, but... This is a tougher ask than playing the Clippers because I think Kawhi Leonard is the second or third or fourth best player in the league depending on how you feel about Kevin Durant and LeBron James with Giannis being the clear number one. Um, And Anthony Davis as well is no slouch too. So like the Lakers are way more talented than the Clippers are because the Clippers didn't have Kawhi, they just had Paul George. And I wonder if the Cavs possess enough maturity wise... Because they've been maturing in real time. I'll give them credit. Like, they're growing up a lot on the floor. Like, they're a lot of those, like, young mistakes I was worried about aren't rearing their head as much. I mean, yeah, the turnovers are still a problem at times. I think that's just always going to be a problem for any young team. But. I'm intrigued to see how they do it, but I just think the Lakers have just that little extra star power to really out-talent the Cavs just based on their two key players.
0: I mean, I think I was watching the Spurs pull the Lakers the other night, and I think there's a temple there for, like, a t- Like, the Spurs obviously ended up losing that game, but, like, they mucked it up defensively. They played very smart, like, they played within themselves. So like, I think there is some kind of template there. I I think the fun of this matchup is really just seeing, like, how the Cavs would kind of handle this. And I think the LeBron point is right because Paul George is very good. And, you know, he, on a normal night for Paul George, he's probably making three threes and it plays a little bit better. And that game maybe plays out a little bit differently than it did. But with LeBron, it's like there's – The Cavs made it feel like a playoff game against the Clippers. That's all. (laughs) Okay. Um, The thing with LeBron is that there's probably no better player in NBA history – at dissecting opposing defenses, exploiting mismatches, and making you pay for that, even if it's in the regular season, it is so key to what he does and what he's been. And if he's playing, you can bet your bottom dollar he's probably gonna uh, have some damage. Uh, stick it to the. Chaos. I mean, well, I don't even know if it's, it's the that. I think it's just like he's gonna see Laurie Markin and it's just like a a nice like fillet, just like staring him in the face. He's like he's gonna carve that up, you know. He's gonna he's gonna cut that thing clean if if that's staring in front of him and the Lakers are aggressive in kind of exploiting that. I mean, I think you could have argued like the Clippers probably could have been more explicit in in hunting marketing. I mean, I think if you're – there's kind of a couple ways you can go about it, and it's how the Grizzlies did it while well, really getting it in space. And I think it's really key in getting um, – or, or you can kind of just blunt force object it. And, you know, look, for all of the warts that Russ has, he's still going to do some effective stuff And how the Cavs defend him and how Darius mm-hmm. – Dar- it seems like you would think Darius might get that – um, defensive matchup at least to start and kind of how that looks will be kind of interesting. Um pulling up the bets. We do I'm
1: um, do you think do you think JB will like straight up disrespect Russ and not really put a shooter on or a defender on him if Russ is floating on the perimeter?
0: Uh it's totally possible. I mean that and that's the thing. It's like if if Mobley is guarding um Davis, it's a little harder for him. Well, or AD. So if he but like let's just assume he's guarding AD it's a little harder for him to shade off of that. I mean, Davis' shooting is probably like a little bit over-hyped, but it's it's still like a threat that you have to take it to kind of be aware of. But anyway, no betting line on this yet, so we'll kind of see how the Cavs will do there. We don't have a betting line for Saturday either. Shame. Uh, But we'll talk after the break about the Suns game and what we're looking forward to there. Got to pay some more bills. First up is our friends at... Built Bar. Built Bar, obviously, is the best-tasting protein bar out there on the market. So many great flavors. They have blueberry muffin out. Right now. They have cookie dough chunk. They have coconut, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, and so many more. They have also have a mix box. You want to get two of each of the nine flavors because you want to just try them. And look, Built Bars are not just the best-tasting protein bar out there, but they're healthy, too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from just 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4-5 to five grams of net carbs. They're amazing flavors, they're all tasty, and they're all healthy. So order today, get that mix box, get that blueberry muffin, get that pumpkin puff that they have right now, or whatever it is you like. And remember, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team and NASCAR. So go to built.com. use promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And we got to tell you about our friends at line who when they post a line for Cavs-Lakers or Cavs-Suns, you can go there and bet on it. They are back and better than ever this season with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season that has more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball to football to baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, and more, and plus your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take action and all an advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, just want to say thanks again for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you're on YouTube, you watch podcasts. Okay, Evan, so Cavs Suns, 10 p.m. tip, the last game of this West Coast road trip before they head back east. What are you looking for in this one?
1: I'm interested to see how Chris Paul plays. I'm interested to see how Evan Mobley plays against a smaller-ish lineup because I think, I mean, if it's a similar layout to what they did against the Clippers, he's probably going to start the game defending Jay Crowder. Um, Mikhail Bridges could eat uh, either. I th- I would imagine Bridges and Paul, that they provide a bit of a problem for um, – garland and sexton too so i wonder how effective garland and sexton will be with how the suns deploy their defense on them um Aton versus allen's gonna be a fun matchup and yeah i mean book and sexton could end up trading buckets if collins able to break through phoenix's defense and get hot like this is gonna be a really fun matchup at the end of the day but the, the suns are reeling a little bit too they have a nba finals hangover right now and i'm just Interested to see how they respond against the Cavs team who's kind of feeling themselves a little bit. Yeah,
0: Suns are right now, um, as we're recording this, twenty sixth in net rating down there. Just They're below Houston, but above New Orleans down there. Uh, they are 17th, uh, 15th in offense, 27th in defense, and then 30th um, against the spread right now. So kind of one of the polar opposites of the Cavs, at least in that category, according to our friends, um, at Cleaning the Glass. I think one of the interesting things to me about this one is you mentioned Mikhail Bridges. I think number one, I want to see... Um, you know, if they kind of do some stuff to if if Lowry's guarding him and, and they go that way, I want to see how they might exploit him in space. I also want to see just where they how they defend. And I think it's it's a good point you made because you know if you if as you alluded to, if they go okay, Chris, you're gonna guard Darius, and then Colin is gonna get matched up by Mikhail Bridges or, or vice versa or whatever they want to do, you would assume that that means. Like you could you could hide Booker on well market. that's what I'm saying so Devin Booker probably is guarding Larry Markkinen how do the Cavs approach that do does it matter I mean history would show that it might not and then look as you mentioned I think Crowder is a fun matchup for Mobley too because you know he's not quite I think Batum and him are very similar in some way Crowder's probably a little bit better defender I don't know if there's like a negligible mega difference between them as shooters but Crowder is is going to be physical with him. He's going to fight him. He's going to be a, you know, I know Cavs, he's not a particularly favorite among Cavs fans because the time here was bad, but that's a good NBA player, man. That's a that's a really good NBA player that that was key to their finals team last year and it's they're a good team. Um, you know, obviously stuff's kind of going tricky right now. Um <sighs> It's not been a, a optimal start for them, um, as you mentioned post finals. But like, it's still the framework of a good team, and stylistically, it's kind of one of those things that could push the Cavs in certain ways. I mean, it's I, I I'm curious to see if they if it the the formulation is obviously a little bit different. But one of the things that I thought kind of um, did the Cavs in against Charlotte was like Charlotte had guys that could like Hayward connects them. Melo connects them, you know, Rogier connects them. Like it's a little bit the formulation is different because they don't have like the Hayward type big wing creator, but you know, uh Mikhail has secondary passing. They pass the ball well. They have Chris and Devin. Like they and you know, if they have other guys coming off that bench, you know, sham it's like, you know, not the the best player in the world, but like that's a quad that's a serviceable NBA player who can pass and shoot. Like they have the kind of guys that can kind of connect things and see how the Cavs would kind of adapt to that kind of system. And again, I just, I I think Evan, anytime we get to see Evan Mobley have to defend a different kind of four. I think it's really fun because he's going to go from defending Nick Batum to Anthony Davis back to Jay Crowder. And then you would think miles bridges on Monday. And then like Robert Covington and Larry Nance jr. On Wednesday.
1: not only just that, he's gonna defend Cam Johnson. Like that's mm-hmm. an interesting matchup for him that's, too. And then like he's gonna have to spend not just Miles Bridges, but probably um oh my god, what's his face for the Hornets? He PJ Washington. He's gonna probably spend time defending PJ well, Washington Cam, as well. Cam like,
0: Johnson might be the most pure wing we've seen Mobley maybe defend in theory. Assuming that like that happens, that's probably the correct. most actualized wing player we've seen Mobley defend so far.
1: Oh, absolutely, but, like, the Suns deploy—the Suns play small more often than not, and they deploy Cam Johnson as a 3-4 off the bench for them, and, like, he—I got a little flack because I thought, you know, it was a bit of a wasted pick, but I was wrong when I started watching more Suns games and paying attention to Cam Johnson. Like, he's a pretty solid player for Phoenix. Like, James Jones has done a pretty good job drafting and building that team, um— just a shame we won't see former Cavalier campaign likely. It's just a real shame. Um, almost got the Cavs in a lot of legal trouble campaign. Um, just, just a damn shame. But yeah, I think Mo, like that's a good point too. Like this could be the first time. Like maybe Bridges, depending on how you feel about him, he, I think he's more of a small forward than he is a power forward, but he can play a little bit of both. He's a tweener, and I don't know. Like Cam Johnson could be a good test for Mobley too. And I, I, if he, Evan Mobley comes out of that game strong. I'm going to be insufferable on Monday when they take on Charlotte because I'm just like, okay, Evan Mobley's the best rookie in this draft class. Like, I don't care when Cade Cunningham comes back. Evan Mobley's the best because Cade Cunningham ain't playing defense like this at all this season.
0: Evan, as we wrap up, give me one small thing for these next two games uh, that you're looking forward to seeing.
1: Uh, how JP Bickerstaff hangs with Frank Vogel and Monty Williams. Like I said on Thursday's show, I think fans should give him his flowers at this point. He's out-coached Nate McMillan. He's out-coached Mike Mike Malone. He's out-coached Ty Lue, a coach Cavs fans know really well. I'm interested to see how he does against Frank Vogel, a championship-winning coach who is a hellaciously good defensive tactician. Like, it's unfair of the defensive pieces he gets to work with in Los Angeles. Um, And then Monty Williams, too. Really, really good coach. Just really good coach. Probably should have won Coach of the Year last year, but alas um it's just good tests again and then like James Borrego on Monday and then gets a bit of a day off with Chauncey Billups on Wednesday but other than that and then Nick Nurse on Friday so like this is the JB staff like gauntlet to say like I am a better coach than all of these coaches thus far in the season yeah what are you looking
0: yeah to? I don't know if I want I want to go as like far as like he's better than some of those guys but if he can hang with them and show some of the, the malleability we've seen that's a good sign I, for me it's the darius garland shooting because we didn't really talk about it in the clippers recap but there were two threes that he took that were what i'd th- say one three that he took <coughs> that was like the exactly the kind of three you want to see mad to his diet uh middle of the first quarter jared allen screens for him, and instead of like darting into the lane and throwing up the floater like he might he kind of looped back around and took a deep three Later Mm -hmm. in the game, you saw the Clippers kind of react to that and kind of come out hard against him, and he blew by Eric Bledsoe, got to the rim. If Darius Garland is going to take those threes and start making them and become a thing that stretches out the defense in a certain way, that is a really good tool for the Cavs' offense to kind of get stretched out, and it's how he hits that next level and how the Cavs can add a little more scoring punch to an offense that kind of needs it. Um, It's something he's always kind of flashed in small doses, it's something that is so key in in his growth. And it's one of those things that if you're looking at, like what could be one of the things that makes him a special player, one of the things that makes him someone, the Cavs, um, and and people around the league, why they think he might be on his way to having a really, could be a breakout player this year. That's the kind of shot if he can make those and he kind of is if takes them and and continues to take them. It It's a big, big deal if that continues to be a thing. And I want to see how he does it, you know, you know, not really Russ, but like, Rondo is kind of just like this kg like really smart defender and then Chris Paul who's you know still he's Chris freaking Paul um that's just how how he how that the point God he's the point God and one of the smartest rule knowing dickhead defenders. and I mean that is the compliment that the league has ever seen so I, I just want to see it and it's it's a oh, ton yeah. of fun but that's gonna be it for this episode again we'll be back on Monday check out our lockdown nows um for the games and we'll put those start putting those on YouTube as well which will be cool and please again please hit subscribe I'm only going to make this plea once a week from here on out. But look, we have enough people every single day that listen to the podcast that if they just go to YouTube and hit subscribe, we could get to our goal overnight. It'd be like Thanos snapping his fingers together like that. It, it's inevitable, frankly. So get in now. Get in Get in on that ground floor. I know some of you already did. You're my favorite people. Those of you that listen have already subscribed on YouTube. But do us a solid. Go subscribe. Help us get to 1,000 as fast as possible. We love you. We appreciate you. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy these two Cavs games. Uh, and, and we'll reconvene for another episode of Lockdown Cavs on Monday. Be well. Be safe. Have a good one.
1: Didn't punch the mic. What's up?